Hello everybody and welcome back to the Ripple Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to have a conversation with some of the team that went to Rutanang in Lesotho to make a difference. So why not lean in and let's jump right into the conversation. Hello guys, how are you guys doing? Good, thank you. Hello. I feel good. Okay. I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, you guys have sacrificed a lot. Um, you've made yourselves available uh, to impact your community. Um, and to impact the community of Rutanang. And so we're just going to have a conversation about what that experience was like and what was just really the heart behind um, this this mission trip specifically and how that's impacted you as well as how you felt you've made an impact in your world. So before we jump into anything, we'll just go through through the list and just just say who you guys are so people know just your where your involvement is, what you do, um, and just share so people just get a little bit of a heart of, we'll just get to know you guys really. So we'll start on this side, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm Pastor Peter Trichard and I am um, on staff, uh, one of the pastors on staff, do m- mostly next generational pastoring and then um, quite a lot of other admin stuff. But yeah, that's what I, I do. I have a lovely wife and a beautiful daughter and yeah, I think that's all. <laughs> He's not that interesting. (laughs) 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 Um, My name's Eleanor. I am a student and I work for King School Robin Hills. So I'm studying finance and I work at an aftercare. Yeah. I'm Marie Claire. I've been at the church for a long time, nearly. Very long time. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. um, I'm thrilled to be here just to talk about what God did, what God does on missions. Yeah. Affects us all. I've got. I'm a granny. I've got four kids. And eight grandchildren. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's start at the beginning. Um, Obviously, we're not all born with a heart for missions. So for you guys individually, um, where did did it all start, your heart for mission? I can start. Um, So I haven't really always had like a heart for missions, but I've always had a heart for people. And... This year, I actually did a course called the Kairos course, and it talks about missions and all that kind of stuff. And it just really interested me a lot. So last year, I went to a mission trip, and it was like a holiday club. And this year, when they said Lesotho, I just knew I had to go. And I knew I wanted to get out there and be and do something for Christ. And initially, when I... When I thought of mission trip, I thought, you know, you go there and you like go tell people about Jesus and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just, I just knew I wanted to go. And that was my start for the heart of missions. Yeah. Um, since I was 12, I've wanted to be a missionary, but just for a year. Somebody came to the school at the assembly time and invited us to, to give us a year. And I knew putting up my hand meant a lot. Meant that I had to stick to that word. And when I was finishing school, I said to my father, I want to go on missions. He said, no, you must go to university and just get some qualification. And if university said, Dad, I still want to go. He said, okay. So he helped organize it. I went to this Catholic mission in the Northern Transvaal near Jane First Hospital in Glen Cowie, it was called. But because at university, I'd been involved in university life. And in those days, we used to protest a lot against past laws and... Um, I was also part of about seven organizations, three of which were not quite liked by the government. Um, after I'd been on this little mission called Mission Place in Glencoe for 
three months, um, the local British, the commissioner came and said, no, you have to get off, and he wouldn't tell me why. I'm absolutely sure it's because I was uh, a temporary, because um, I was vice president, but I became president for a while, of the University Christian Movement, which actually wasn't a Christian movement, it was a political movement, to involve, well, it, it was under the name of Christ, but not an evangelist course, you know, it was more just to get um, together, black and white, together students. So um, I was very disappointed I was not allowed to, to spend my year on this mission field. I was helping out at the school. I was working with the, the nurses, teaching them English. It wasn't quite what I thought it was. I wasn't among the poor. Uh, you know, the little children would come, and I was working in the language lab. But it was a small little thing. Anyway, so I was thrown off. Um, and then on the way back, my boyfriend, who'd been keeping very good contact with me, and come to visit me once a month, said, okay, will you marry me now? Sure. I said, but I haven't finished with my life calling. But I knew that was all I could do. So I married him, wonderful husband, but he didn't know God. We had four children, and you know the marriage eventually broke up. Then I thought, right, now I'm divorced, I'm going to go. But I was actually too broken at that stage. So I've remarried Fitz, he and Fitzpatrick, my husband, and he knew when he married me that I wanted to go on missions. So he thought that he would be letting me go off. And I went once with the church to uh, Zambia, and I, and I loved it. I met the ladies there and, again, preached to the women. That, that's my heart. Yeah, for me, um, I've been <coughs> I, I knew when I gave my life to the Lord that God was always going to use me um, in, in multiple ways. Um, and I've always tried to live my life in a way that is in line with what he wants me to do. Um, and so, yeah, I've been, been a Christian for, for you know, most of my life. Um, I gave my life to the Lord officially and properly when I was in high school. And then, <coughs> yeah, I've been on church staff for m m you know, 18 years. Um, and in that time, I've had many opportunities to to go on mission trips or to go in and do training and to do empowering. And, but one of the things that I've learned being in full-time ministry is that um, my calling specifically is to help raise people and empower people to, to, to share the gospel in their context in, um, in the way that God has created or made them. Um, especially with children, um, as I said, my, my, my heart is for children. Um, and, and for families, so parents and, and how parents raise their children and uh, identifying how a, ch a child can, has a potential to be so many things, um, but that God has got a unique calling in their life and a mm -hmm. purpose for their lives and to, to, be, a, to be a part of, the, of bringing that out um, as a spiritual parent or as a physical parent. And so for me, missions is something that I do full time, um, in a sense, being on full time staff. Yeah. So. I know that I, I I need to spend time with people in multiple contexts in multiple ways, yeah, um, and then to do m mission trips. But more importantly, and the reason one of the biggest reasons why I went on this trip is I want to be a part of empowering other people to um, play their mission call in their context. Um, everybody has d different skills and different um, um, passions, different um, worldviews. And it's to take those things and to say, how can God use that um, for sh mm. sharing the gospel and to changing lives? And yeah. So, yeah. So, and that's why I went on the mission trip specifically was to 
be a part of a team and to help the team understand some of the hearts of mission trips, but then to also raise or be part of empowering the community there and the people there and to see what they're doing and how best I can play a part in raising or empowering them to, to do mission work themselves, not just relying on us. That's awesome. I like that there's, there's a diversity in your reasoning for doing this, but there's always a purpose in advancing God's kingdom. There's always a purpose in seeing people being impacted, loved, cared for. Um, would you guys care to share about your experience on this trip? that stands out that would yeah would inspire anyone who's listening or watching to to maybe go hey next time there's an opportunity um they put their hand up and say they would they're willing to go well i'll kick off by saying yeah i um i had a moment when i was i had a quiet time on one of the the mornings that i was there and i <coughs> sat just look uh, at, at the property that we were staying on and just overlooking the community and I and I had a massive um, um, I don't know what's the right word like just an overwhelming feeling from God of just that you know gratitude for being where I was um, mm. and what I was doing and, yeah. and no matter what impact I made that it, I was making a difference yeah um, and when we when when whenever someone says like you need you need to go on a mission trip like automatically like um, as a human being we get all defensive because we feel like we're going to be taken out of what we don't know. Um, and that is ac and that is true. Um, you know, mission trips are not always fun. They're not always easy. Um, they can be very hard. They can be very uncomfortable. But therein lies the beauty, because I think mm. as human beings, we can be so comfortable in our little boxes, in our little worlds, and complain about our little problems. Um, but being in a place that is far different from you, where people are speaking a language you don't understand or yeah. can't speak back or have to figure out ways to communicate, who are living a completely different life that where things that I might take for granted, like turning on a tap, um, some for somebody that's a luxury they don't even know about. Yeah. They, they, that may not be what they're doing. Or, um, and and I don't think mission mission trips are always just about that the the the, the, the like uncomfortability of our necessities, but it can be mm. also just like being in a in a country or a world or a place that you just don't know or don't mm. like, um, mm. or. Not even to say like, but it's just in a place that's not comfortable for you. Mm. Um, it could be in your workplace, like sharing God's gospel in, in a workplace can be so uncomfortable. Yeah. But therein lies the beauty for me. Um, yeah. I think that there is such beauty in realizing that the world is not about me, that the world is bigger than that. And in me doing something that really stretches me and really puts me in a difficult, in a different place, helps me get closer to God, helps me get to know God more and helps me to get, get to know where God wants me to be um and god's heart for people and i can look and i sat there and i looked across the thing and i was just like god um is working in my life in the city but god is also working in the lives of these people in the rural highlands of lesotho and yeah and, and like he's working with them and he knows their problems and their brokenness and he's and he's busy here too yeah so he's not just busy in my put my, my my comfortable life in the city but he's also here and that, and that was like mm. just a great reminder for me that, you know, God is busy. He's, he's active in the world and mm. we need to all play our part in being his hands and feet on the, yeah. on the world. Yeah. That's so good. Um, my main experience with missions has been basically all these photos and um, pictures that we've seen, like paintings that we've seen of um, missions. And it's always looks like, 
the person who goes to the missions is someone who's going to save someone. So I feel like the message that's been painted to me and to many people is that when you go to missions, you're going to go be a savior. I get there and these people are already <laughs> doing God's work. And I'm like, God, what did I come here to do if these people like already are doing this? And my experience in Rotenang was to walk alongside other people who are mm. already walking this journey of their faith mm. and walk alongside them and just experience God through them. Yeah. Um, the first couple of days I went there, uh, the first two days, actually, the girls who um, did the Rotanang thing, they were almost like the holiday club leaders. They were a bit, um, I want to say they didn't, <laughs> they didn't like me <laughs> the first two days. And I was like, what is going on? What did I do? Did I come here with like this notion? And I thought to myself, yeah, maybe you came here a little bit with that little savior complex. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to go do what these girls are doing. So the I think it was the third day I went with them and I went to cut cabbage with them. And this was like for all the kids there. And I got a blister. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> healing it. It's right here. Um, and I decided, you know, let me just cut cabbage with these girls. And then after that, we played some music and we danced. And from that day onwards, we literally, they literally would speak to me and they would teach me sutu and all that kind of stuff. And I... Through doing that, through cutting cabbage with them, doing all that, I started to s really just pay attention to these girls and see what they're doing. So I feel like the Lord w took me there for me to experience um, other people's journeys with their, when they do missions and whatnot. And I, the thing that I took the most when I went on to this mission trip is that these girls were doing more for God with little. Mm. And I started to think about myself what do i have that yeah. i can do um and they just had like for example cabbage and to give to the kids yeah. and they didn't have much but i have a lot yeah. and it really challenged me and the lord was really asking me like eleanor um what are you doing mm. and yeah that so was good. my experience going yeah. from the savior complex to being <laughs> saved <laughs> yeah <laughs> even though i i am a christian so i am saved but my mindset yes. was saved yeah so good um, I so enjoyed going this time. It was the second time. And then I saw the, um, the build-up of relationship. The first time I'd gone with Stuart, um, I'd been asked to, to face, they said, a crowd of 700 to 1,000. Well, thank goodness it was only 500. But I was totally involved with that and gave them a word about their um, national anthem and how they needed to return to the village like um, CD had, yeah. um, and it was a, a, a tremendously uh, warming experience to see how they responded through interpreters. Um, and then now to go back again this last time, it's been uh, deeply warming because, again, CD had said, well, what you did when you came was you touched us. And I do feel that about missions, that we are sent and uh, even though we, we're just an ordinary person, we're sent. And therefore, when we arrive, there's a space to, to, to uh, respond to that. It's your steps are always ordered by God. Mm. And um, when you get there, they are waiting for something from the outside. And you bring something from the outside. Mm. And even though, as Eleanor says, you don't think it's of any worth. Mm. But I know Dan, with me, um, we decided to wash CD's feet the first time. Um, I had been wanting to do it, but Dan got, got the, the same calling to wash their feet. 
And he had how lovely on the feet are the mountains of those who bring good news. And he was washing their feet. And But he was leaving and he hadn't washed. He said, no, 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 I've got to wash feet. So we went back in, um, got the bowls and washed their feet. But Celia will tell me this time, this is now a year later, what deep impact that had. How it completely renewed her calling. Mm. And how the prophetic words that were spoken over her um, told her that, uh, that she would be able to uh, run the, the gardens because she has these huge big um, uh, greenhouses and now she has some trustworthy staff that are not demanding money all the time every time they, the vegetable crops are, are good. Um, so then you realize, well, then something happened that we weren't aware of and that's the way God often operates. I don't remember the words she said I said um, and nor the impact, but she did. And then to go back again, she loved me and I must say that relational touch I still love. Mm. So I'm going back again next week. And this time I want to speak to the women. I just have a real calling to go and speak to the older women. Although CD's uh, thrust is to the children. I did want to say... Go for it. (laughs) The one was Pete, handsome Pete here, had put me in charge of the crafts. And he told, he'd given rough ideas of what the crafts were. They were going to um, color in uh, the Lesotho flag and the South African flag the first day, second day beads, and third day um, a little paper plate of Africa, of, of the world, and um, stick a heart. And so every time they drew, they had finished their drawing, um, you know, South African flag one side, Lesotho on the other, they had to come to me and we would try and work it out. And one little boy, um, w- well, actually it was a second little boy, um, was being told by interpreter what the scripture was. He didn't know it was a scripture. He put his hands together, bowed his head, and started praying. I thought, oh no, 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 that's not what it is. It's, it's a scripture that, that you remember. Anyway, I'd lost it completely the first day. I realized I'm not sure how much they got of it all. But then the next day I'm ready. Okay, now they can't understand me unless I speak their language, and we're going to do beads. Now the first type of beads was God so loved the world. We do a different bead for each word. But this time, I learned the words. So it had so much more impact. Mutu, man. Sin, sibi. Sibi. Modimo lerato. God so loved them that he hated their sin. Sent Jesus. Etc., etc. Read for Madia Ayesu. So I was able to teach them through their own language. But the next day, one of them came back to me and said, um, look, he knows he said it to me anyway he had a little bit of English he was an older one but the fact that he could remember that he was wearing it they all wore theirs they saved and then the precious thing is when I said I was going back this time CD said would I mind doing a bead again with her son I said why he said no she, he never made it and he'd really like to have it so it's had an impact it is something that they needed but anyhow I just saw how hard it is to get through if we don't have the language um, but we use an interpreter, and that's all fine. So that's my impact, and I enjoyed it, and I came home. And then you hand it to God. That's the huge thing I found in all ministry. I'm now 74, by the way, mm. and I feel like Moses. But no wonder he didn't use me when I was younger. Arrogant, and um, God's working on me. Arrogant, um, s- selfish, a bit bossy, but controlling. That was then. Now I understand nothing is good in my life. It's all about you, God. You work it. It's your work that you've prepared beforehand that I should walk in it. So if it's your work, you will train me for it and you will equip me. So so that's a much easier story. Mm. Sure, that's amazing. Um, staying on that train of, of impact, 
um, and like we said, you guys, you know, this is your experience of what you've gone through, and you're kind of on this journey to to make an impact. And I was sharing this conversation with you earlier. Um, often we think that, you know, we want to go and we want to make a difference, but it's also there's always like two sides to a coin, and God always has a plan in how he uses those opportunities where we avail ourselves to be on mission to go and help people but so often we're impacted do you guys have any stories one or two stories where um you've gone and done that yeah i think just on 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 that thing of impact so i think often like you said we want to go somewhere and make an impact um but the impact is made when you're just obedient to what god has asked Mm. you to do so just by saying yes and going the impact is already being going to be made um so for all of us and and the and the rest of the teams that have gone on on this trip and but people that go on many other mission trips is they will always be able to tell you a story of 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 moments where they they would they learn something or they receive something and sometimes if we're lucky we get to see the impact that we made um on 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 the people around us and Sometimes it takes many, many trips for that to happen, or maybe we have to wait the time before we see the impact, the, the relationship that Eleanor and some of the other girls made with the girls of dignity there. Um, they may not see now, but they may see the impact later. But the impact was made by them just being there mm. and just being obedient to what God, yeah. God has called us to. And yeah. I think that that's the truth, is that we have to just listen and we need to be obedient to what God is, God is saying. Um, mm. And whether it's like just being obedient and standing in <laughs> in in a very rural area of the Sutu with no flushing toilets and 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 cooking your food on on a gas on a small <laughs> little one plate gas stove or whatever it is that you're doing, um, or whether wherever you go, like if you're gonna go with God and you and you go in, in obedience to Him, I think you're gonna really be impacted and make an impact because yeah. a, as Mark Lee was saying with those stories is that is yeah like that's all that god needs to do he, it's his glory it's yeah. it's his work he just wants us to be a part of it um and just by uh, allowing ourselves to go makes yeah. us a part of it and that that is the the biggest thing and yeah um, yeah so that's from my side like I, I i think just again it was a great reminder when i was there yeah i um, mean just speaking with the people and just uh, listening to the people that you can shine your light yeah. or God's light, not your light, but you can shine God's light by just being there and, and letting God come through you. Yeah. I definitely, so I'm 21, so I'm younger than the people on this couch <laughs> by far. <laughs> just, ru- just rub it in a little bit. <laughs> just and the one on that couch too. <laughs> okay, um, sure. So <laughs> let me stop, let me stop. Um, so I'm always asking myself lord how can i make an impact and all these people are way older than me i'm I'm making so much Mm. of an impact i'm like how can i how can i and i just thought to myself that the lord has given us a purpose Mm. and he's made us who we are already and if we allow ourselves to be that person that the lord has called us to be Mm. then you can already make an impact and i just thought of myself i am a chatterbox (laughs) i will talk to anyone and everyone and i feel like that's something that helped me impact the girls yeah. at a Rutanang comu- community. It's just by being my bubbly and chatty self. Yeah. So through that, it made me realize in all 
the years that I've impacted people. Some people, some of the people that I've impacted have come back and said it, and some people I'm never gonna see it. Yeah. And I realize that the only way I can impact is just by doing that, just yeah. being myself yeah. and allowing God to work the rest. Yeah. That's amazing. I've, I've got another story. It's about you. Do you mind me telling you? Your Go, for <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, Eleanor came when it was her 21st birthday. I thought that was a huge sacrifice. She had her birthday while we were there. And uh, um, Peter got her a cake and he's quite fond of her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and we were there and she said, no, I'd rather wait for the Rutenau girls to Dignity Girls that we were working with. These leadership girls that were helping us with the ch with the children's church, I'd, I want to wait for them to join us. So they came and joined us, and then came this deep, prophetic word. I mean, it was a very deep prophetic word, not from them, from Sapiso. She she took out the message, and she read Psalm two in the message, which say, said, in the strangest thing, "This is on your birthday, and I will give you the nations you choose." And, you know, um, she had felt that she, I, I had said that my feeling was that there's something very significant that on your 21st birthday, you are here in Lesotho. You know, there's some connection here. I think God is going to call you back. That's what I said. And then the girls were there. They were listening. And what did they do? We had the cake. They said, no, now we must put the cake on her. So they took the cake. And and mashed it all over her face. <laughs> now you may think that's funny, but it was such a sweet gesture of them including her mm. in their community. They did it with love. You know what I mean? They just said, "This is what mm. you're going to have." Mess. It's amazing, you know? yeah. And did you remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they were making me their own. <laughs> there we go. They were making her their own. <laughs> that's amazing, guys. Thank you so much for for sharing all these things. I want to end with um, just an inspiration. Um, just a sentence or a word or something that would encourage, um, and you may have already said it, but just really encouraging encouraging others to take take a step of faith. Um, you know, we're all part of the same community and church, and our vision at our church is becoming as community to impact our community. And you guys have, you know, we've you've shared your stories of of sacrifice on your birthday. What would you say into what What did you speak into that, or how would you encourage others to to take that step? I think, number one, have a willing heart mm. and God will do the rest. Whether he calls you to the actual mission field, mm. which is like maybe like the country next door or whatever, or maybe he calls you in the community that you're in. Yeah. But all you have to do is have a willing heart yeah. and be like, Lord, I don't know how you want me to impact, me, impact your people, where you want me to impact your people, but all you need is the heart and that's it. Mm. Yeah, That's so good. Okay. Um, finally, I want to take up on that. Um, at the end of the a whole lot of list of Israeli hostages and deaths, there's a tiny baby and he's writing in the middle and he says, make every moment count. Yeah. And I kind of feel it's to take the, your picture of missions into your everyday life. Yeah. So you see today as your mission field. Mm. And God will excite you about a people. Yeah. Or even about a trip. You, it comes up and you think, I want to be part of that. Yeah. Well, I'd like to be. I wonder if you can get me the money, God, or whatever it is you want. But let him stir. Let it be a Holy Spirit thing. Yeah. It's not about you should, you ought to. It's about what does God call you to? Yeah. Because 
you are his masterpiece and he's got a whole plan out mm. for you. And if you just take that step and see every moment as building toward the completion of that plan yeah. and your, your destiny in him through Jesus. That's Always amazing. through Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah, and for me, I think, um, e echoing what, what these awesome ladies have said, is, is like it doesn't matter what age you are, <laughs> you know, how young or old you are, it doesn't matter w where you work, whether you are retired or studying or in the workplace, we've got a group of guys that are going now uh, to do building of just the building. We went to, to build relationship with, with some of the, the local people and, and to run a holiday club with the kids. Um, we had to piece of go and just do some coach coaching with some of the, the, the community people there. So I just think like we, we underestimate the simplicity of mm. you, like Eleanor saying, of you just being willing at that God will use you um, in the most amazing ways with who you are and with what you have and uh, and your stage of life and, and where you're from. And he takes what's there and he does something with it. And, and exactly as you guys have said, is to just say, God, yes, I'm going to be willing. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do something, whether it's comfortable, uncomfortable, whether it is mm. whatever, and, and to trust that God will use you. Um, mm. I think also in, in addition to that, I, I think going on a mission trip um, starts that process. God hasn't called all of us to full-time missionaries. Mm. Um, they are full-time missionaries, and that's awesome. And if that's your calling, that you know you follow that. But God has called all of us to His mission. Um, every single one of us as His children. But you know, you may go on a mission trip, but it actually starts even just where you are um, in your universities or at home, or and just doing the little things there and putting yourself into little uncomfortable spots, serving a church and doing those little things. But then when the opportunities come, when the, when, like Marika is saying, like when, when God calls you and he says, okay, yeah, he has an opportunity that you, that you take it, that you go and you just see what God does with you. And I think that's the, the, the awesomeness of, of mm. going on a trip like this. That's awesome. If I could just quickly add one more thing, um, just to encourage those who actually don't have the willing heart. Mm. Um, and I know we're speaking as if, oh, all of us have a willing heart, but some of us actually don't. And I encourage you guys to just pray that dangerous prayer. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. On, yeah. And then that just will flow through and you'll yeah. s just get compassion for the people yeah. that the Lord wants you to yeah. impact. Yeah, That's so good. I had one more question that I wanted to ask you guys. Anyone can answer this question. It doesn't have to be all three of you, but your journey of faith for this mission trip how did yeah how did how did you go about that you know whether you're you're needing to raise the funds you're needing to you're needing to do something there's always there's always a sacrifice but i think there's so there's a there's a beauty in when we we like we're stepping out in faith but that journey of faith for you personally is there something you can share with us that's that's really just helped you that really just helped you take that step into this into this moment where you get to spend this time with people, you, you're going to another country. Do you have a Do you have a story of faith that that was stirred um, for you personally? Well, when I th heard it come up, I thought they've got to raise all this money. Oh no, God, I haven't got much money at the moment. Uh, Lord, Lord, you know, if it's up to you, it's up to you. You know, I won't, I won't question. No, I don't have to go. I don't have to go. I kind of backed step because I thought uh, Sharon was saying we need to be earnestly, you know, fundraising it. And um, uh, just as I said, okay, God, I, I think you don't need me to go, you know. 
uh, Elaine, one of the mission, the, the missionary helper, um, the treasurer, not the treasurer, the accountant that works with CD, phoned me and said, Marie Claire, I believe that you're coming <laughs> on the, you know, at the end of the month and I'm going to um, America. So can I come up to Joburg? She, I call her my friend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I can stay with you, and then will you look after my car? And then when I come back, two and a half weeks later, you, you can drive with me back. And I said, okay, God, that's very easy. I will go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you get all the prayer and the, the money and the petrol and all the rest. But I must say, our church has grown in that as well. Yeah. It's now sending us. Financially as well, and it makes yeah. a huge difference yeah. to know that they carry us. That's amazing. Oh, that's great. Thank you guys for sharing. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Thanks for everything. Nice. No, that's good.